Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. that is protesting or demanding for a ceasefire. Let's be honest here. Why aren't you protesting to bring them all home right now? Why aren't you demanding that Hamas surrenders as well as well too? Bring all of these people back home now and this and stop pretending that this is some kind of equivalence here now. This is like, bring them back. That's Senator John Fetterman. I love the people who are like, oh my gosh, the uh, the the stroke cured him. He's cured, I tell you. He's he's not. I'm here to tell you, in case you were curious, John Fetterman still lives on the political left. Did you hear him talking about the border deal? Your position on the border deal? What's your take? Are you going to vote for that legislation? My position on the, the border? The, the, yeah, and the deal that uh, was reached in the Senate. Yeah, well, I've, I've said this before. It's like it's time for the GOP to get their balls out of Trump's desk and stand for border security. Just in case you were curious as to where John Fetterman was. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. What's going on? Find everything at TonyCats.com, 833-468-8669. He's not a conservative, but where he's right, he's right, and we should say so. And he is the most vocal Democrat engaged in a conversation against these other progressive nonsense merchants like Senator Elizabeth Warren, who writes, Prime Minister Netanyahu and his right-wing government have failed to get the hostages released and have killed nearly 30,000 Palestinians. No more blank checks for Netanyahu. We need to condition aid, resume the ceasefire, and advance peace through a two-state solution. You worthless bigot. How many of those quote-unquote Palestinians are actually terrorists? Because Netanyahu says 20,000. Secondly, it's not just a right-wing government. Ooh, scare quotes. It's a coalition government. This is how Israel feels. You hear Netanyahu saying absolute victory is what we're after. Absolute victory and good. Good. But a two-state solution with whom? With Hamas? You want a two-state solution with a terrorist organization? That wants to kill you? My God, these progress these progressives are completely unashamed of being the Jew hating bigots that they are. They are what they are. There's no debate. There's no question. The only question is how can anybody who uh, has the same blood running through their veins uh, as as I do, how could they vote for these progressives? I mean, that's got to be a question John Fetterman asks himself every day. How can the people that I am aligned with? Believe these things. Now, I guess you could say that about a lot of people on a lot of different subjects. But if you are moved more by abortion than your future, which I guess is one and the same, because if you're somebody moved by abortion and demanding abortion, having an abortion on demand, you're not really interested in your future. Now, are you? That's That's a meta one. You're gonna have to go deep for that one, people. Right, right there. I guess you're okay with the uh, with the genocide of Jews. 
I guess you're down. Because Elizabeth Warren is, and I'm saying that she is. I'm stating this as a clear, uh, without question statement. This is the argument being made by people like her, by people like Bernie Sanders. All of these progressives, democratic socialists, they're communists. They all have the same mentality, the same mathematics, the same bigotry. Constantly and continually, exactly the same. So when you hear things like this from uh, Secretary Blinken, where uh, the uh, the Secretary of State is engaged in, um, well, I don't know how you would describe th- this this level of, of of madness. You tell me. Israelis were dehumanized in the most horrific way on October 7th. The hostages have been dehumanized every day since. But that cannot be a license to dehumanize others. The overwhelming majority of people in Gaza had nothing to do with the attacks of October 7th. And the families in Gaza whose survival depends on deliveries of aid from Israel are just like our families. Their mothers and fathers, sons and daughters, want to earn a decent living send their kids to school, have a normal life. That's who they are. That's what they want. And we cannot, we must not lose sight of that. Demand Hamas surrender. Demand Hamas give up the hostages. Why don't you do that? Israel should fight until Hamas is gone. Because that is the only way peace could be achieved. And someone's going to say, I'm a warmonger. And I'm going to say, I don't care what you said. I think Israel has the right to exist. And I think Israel has the right to defend itself. My name is Tony Katz. I'm a Zionist. I am who I am. I'm not apologizing. I lose sponsors for it. Goodbye. People don't want to listen. See you later. Although I haven't found that to be the case in either direction. Hamas is a terrorist organization, and the people who side with the terrorist organization are wrong. Now, some people are going to say I'm wrong. This is why I have said from the beginning, quite literally since October 8th, because the attack happened on October 7th, where Hamas terrorists murdered 1,300 and raped women and set children on fire. Let them fight it out. Let them fight it out. The United States wants to apply pressure to Israel, saying they're dehumanizing uh, Palestinians, it's nonsense. People like Rashida Tlaib just want to cry while supporting the terrorist organization and the killing of Jews. Elizabeth Warren can't figure out how to say, hey, Hamas, give up. Let them fight it out. Let them fight it out. Let's see who wins. There is nothing else to provide to this conversation. Let them fight it out. But it's imperative, imperative that we see exactly where these people are. And these people who claim to be progressive and then they'll call themselves democratic socialists, they are the the enemy of, of humanity. Look at the things they favor. Look at the policies they favor. Look at the destruction they favor. 
when I say the enemies of humanity, well, communism is, of course, the enemy of humanity. And all of this is the offspring of communism. Every last bit of it, because it's one and the same. Israel gets attacked. Shame on Israel for trying to destroy its enemy. It's a murderous enemy. Well, Tony, why do you think Hamas exists in the first place? Interesting argument. Counter-argument, kill them. Now you say to me, Tony, that's terrible. You're no better than Hamas. Well, first, nice for you to notice that Hamas is a terrorist organization. You're, you're wrong, though. But if you want to say it, I'm saying, okay, everybody's terrible. Hamas isn't better. Israel's in better. Let them fight it out. Let's see who wins. That's where we're at, right? Some people don't know how to pick a side. They don't know how to pick a side. <laughs> this is, for example, excuse me there, got a little cough right. Uh, this is uh, the, the, the Tucker Carlson, uh, Vladimir Putin story. This, this interview going on. And that, that has people completely, completely crazy. It has the press up in arms that Tucker Carlson got an interview with Vladimir Putin. That Tucker got the interview and they didn't. Oh, Tucker's not a journalist. Oh, Tucker is not this. Tucker is terrible. Hillary Clinton. And what does that tell you about Tucker Carlson and right-wing media and also Vladimir Putin? Well, it shows me what I think we've all known. He's what's called a useful idiot. I mean, if you actually read translations of what's being said on Russian media, they make fun of him. I mean, he's like a puppy dog. You know, he somehow has, after having been fired from so many outlets in the United States, he, uh, I would not be surprised uh, if he emerges with a contract with a Russian outlet because he is a useful idiot. No one would know better than Hillary Clinton. MSNBC is interviewing Hillary Clinton like she has something to offer in this conversation. Well, Tony, she was Secretary of State. True. Tell me how that reset button went. He got fired from a, a previous outlets. And what does that have to do with anything? What does that have to do with anything? What does that have to do with him doing an interview? He can't do an interview because he got fired from previous outlets? That's, that's a ridiculous construct. Let's uh, utilize that same math. You lost a presidential election... You don't get to talk anymore. You lied about Trump and Russia and set him up. You don't get to talk anymore. The, what, the same rules don't apply? I thought the same rules sh should apply. Two things to look at here. First, of course Tucker Carlson is allowed to do an interview with Vladimir Putin. Of course he is. When Aaron Burnett at CNN says, well, here's the here's the problem. Look at look at how uh, the, the 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 media in 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 uh, Russia, I said, look how the, the Kremlin speaks of him. We received many requests for interviews with the president. There is no desire to communicate with such media outlets and there is hardly any point in it. There is hardly any benefit from it. He has a position that differs from the others. 
He, Carlson, has a position that differs from the others. The position being that he doesn't support uh, us being engaged with Ukraine. I do. I do. And this is where the, 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 the two subjects, I think, exist. The first is the idea of the interview. They've interviewed all sorts of terrible people throughout history. What's wrong with an interview with Vladimir Putin? The answer is nothing. It's that the left is upset that it's not their person. They're upset that it's not Anderson Cooper. They're upset that it's not Christiane Amapour. They're upset that it's not Joy Reid. You know, their people, official people, real journalists. As if somehow they get to make that call. Real journalist. I have no issue with Tucker Carlson doing an interview. I'll wait till I see the interview. I have read some transcripts or things that are allegedly transcripts. I'll wait till I see the interview. Because I will say that, right, part one is about doing the interview. Of course he can do it. We don't understand that Vladimir Putin is a liar, that he's a KGB agent through and through, that he hates America with everything in him and would do anything in his power to destroy the United States no matter how long it took. Anybody who thinks differently, I would laugh at. I saw somebody post, I think I may have discussed this yesterday, where they're like, Russia is not a threat to NATO. Of course Russia is a threat to NATO. This isn't a debate. The words are clear. Of course he is. I am, I, I am stunned by somebody who would make a, a counter-argument with, with the facts so clearly in their face. Now, you may not think that, that Ukraine is worthwhile. You don't want to support Ukraine. Okay. That, that's fine. That's a position. I think we should send Ukraine bullets. That's fine. That is different than whether or not you actually think Vladimir Putin is telling you the truth or Vladimir Putin is somebody who can be seen as an ally. You're out of your mind. Now, that's the part of the interview I'm waiting for. That's the part of the interview I want to see. Right? If, if he's asking questions, that's one thing. If he's trying to paint uh, Putin as some kind of really nice guy who's just misunderstood... That would be something else. And I'm not accusing Tucker of that. But it is remarkable to watch these people be opposed to the idea of an interview, so much so that there are European nations thinking of preventing um, uh, Tucker Carlson from traveling. You want a travel ban on a guy who conducted an interview? Good Lord. You want to talk about some authoritarian nonsense. Interviews are good. And we get to decide whether the interview itself was good. And we'll get that opportunity, one would think, soon enough. I'm Tony Katz. Dow is down 44. The Nasdaq is up 37. And Elon Musk is uh, tweeting. Or is it posting? Tweeting is just so much better to say. I don't know why he calls it X. It's just nonsense. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Does Disney have quotas? 
again, I, I, I look at this, this post from Elon Musk, and he writes, an anonymous source just sent me this from Disney. It is mandatory institutionalized racism and sexism. And what it is, it's a list of inclusion standards. On-screen representation that you must have at least three of the following five. You must have, uh, for example, characters, 50% or more of regular and recurring written characters must come from underrepresented groups. The actors, 50% or more of regular and recurring actors come from underrepresented groups. So for the characters and the actors, secondary characters, meaningful inclusion of underrepresented groups as secondary or more minor on-screen individuals, including background actors. Series uh, premise, meaningful integration of underrepresented groups in overall themes and narratives and episodic storytelling, ongoing meaningful integration of underrepresented groups in episodic themes and narratives. What they're telling you is you can't have a vision. You have to have all these things. I wouldn't care if the cast was all black, all Asian, all Hispanic, all German, all uh, Australian, all gay, all Christian. It wouldn't. Is it a good story? The only thing that matters is, is it, is it a good story? You've got all the inclusion in the world, for example, in Ms. Marvel, the, the, the TV uh, show there on Disney. It's awful. Got through one episode with, with my youngest who wanted to see it. And we were like, this is terrible. It was terrible. Does it matter how much inclusion you have? If if the movie itself isn't good, what what is the movie Mulholland Falls? I always I always rem- misremember the title, but um, I'm always uh, focused on on the movie. It was with uh, Nick Nolte is in it. Yeah, Nick Nolte, Jennifer Colony, uh, Connolly, Chaz Palminteri, Michael Madsen, Chris Penn, Melanie Griffith, Andrew McCarthy, Treat Williams, John Malkovich. That's a cast. That's a cast. It was a $29 million budget back in the day. What year was this? 1996 is when this was released. $29 million budget did $11.5 million at the box office. It doesn't matter how much star power you have. It matters if it's a good movie. Should we even discuss Ishtar? Ishtar is the great example. Warren Beatty, Dustin Hoffman. Charles Grodin. Oh, oh, Charles Grodin. God, that man made me laugh. $51 million budget, 1987. $51 million. Box office, $14.4 million. It doesn't matter. It has to be good. So are these inclusion standards at Disney legit? That's the question Elon's asking. It's a question certainly I would ask, but you could believe it, right? That's the crazy part. You would believe this to be true, and I have no reason to think it isn't, by the way. What they focus on doesn't matter. Make the entire cast black. We don't care. Make it interesting. Tell a story. Make them all white. Make them all this. Make them all that. Make good stories. Tell good stories. That's it. That's the secret sauce. I didn't... 
There's nothing else to say. This is Tony Katz today. I was happy to see uh, that there has been more regarding the attacks from Iran that killed three American soldiers. And, of course, you have five uh, U.S. service members killed uh, in, in, in a helicopter crash that took place. It's an awful, awful story. Five Marines near San Diego. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's just... There are training exercises. There are things that happen. There was a storm taking place, as was reported. It was a CH-53E Super Stallion helicopter going off course Tuesday as it was returning to Miramar in San Diego. It was uh, engaged in a training exercise, and I think it's pronounced Creech, or it might be Cretch Air Force Base near Las Vegas. It's, it's, a, it's an awful story. It's awful. And these things do happen. And while there is many times where I'm discussing the ineptness of the military and really military leaders, these training exercises, sometimes bad things happen. And I I wish I had a better word for it. But when we don't properly respond to Iran killing three soldiers, that's about a failure of leadership that cannot be condoned. It simply cannot be excused. It simply cannot be uh, accepted. The first levels of attacks, or responses, I should say, from uh, the United States, I thought were weak. Just like I have thought the bombing of the Houthi rebels in Yemen by the United States and the United Kingdom have been weak. The Houthi rebels try and take over shipping lanes. They're going to control the seas. They're going to uh, hijack cargo uh, ships. And our response is to wait two months before bombing some kind of radio station? No. Ruin them. And let the world know that the seas belong to us, which is a hard thing to do when you don't have a proper navy, which is why you need three me, 340 ships. Some people might say 310. Uh, you can have this argument amongst professionals. I'll let them argue it. But you can't have what we have. You can't be under 300. You have to have total domination of the water. The Spanish proved it. The British proved it. You can do anything with an Air Force. You can drone up this, that, and the other. You must get the people. You must get the drones from point A to point B. You must be able to allow the cargo to move. A Navy is what you need. This isn't debate. It's just, it's just a fact. And right now we've got Houthi rebels backed by Iran controlling the navigable seas, the Red Sea, shipping through the Suez Canal, through the Straits of Hormuz, we're out of our heads. Ruin these people. Teach the lesson. Considering the Houthi rebels are backed by Iran, which killed three of our service members. And we engage in a first response. (laughs) That doesn't do nothing. Ungats. We now engage again. and kill one of the commanders of a militia. And they believe that it's the militia that's responsible for the attack on the American base that killed three Americans. Understand that when they say militia, they'll talk about militia group this and militia group that. They are discussing Iran. There is no difference. We had Major Mike Lyons on. 
the show. And and his point was retired United States Army, West Point graduate. And his point about the militias was it's not like Iran sends them a, hey, go do this thing. That's not what happens. What happens is here's the money. Have a nice day. Go get them. And by by M, as in the go get them, we mean the big Satan, United States. Do what you got to do. Maybe they don't always like what gets done. Maybe it creates them a little bit of heartache or headache. Maybe that's all true. But that's how this works. So the the idea that somehow the militia is different than Iran or these groups are different than Iran is not true. It is Iran, and Iran must be held accountable. The target was Abu Bakr al-Saidi. And now the, 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 the group has said, set your clocks for revenge time. What? Set your clocks for revenge time? What kind of Netflix special starring Adrian Zemed is this? Set your clocks for revenge time. I don't know, is that the way they would say it? Like, like you just, just like picture him saying, set your clocks, and then pulling off the sunglasses for revenge time. Like, it's one of those. It's one of those. Boom, let's send another bomb to him. You say to me, Tony, you're callous. You have no regard for human life. You're playing this like a game. What do you mean playing this like a, like a game? I don't think any of this is a game. I think all of this is outrageously serious and requires strength. It requires vigor. It requires attention, which I do not believe Joe Biden has. Yesterday, I was clear when I said Joe Biden can no longer be president of the United States. Joe Biden is not okay. Joe Biden doesn't know where he is. Joe Biden is talking to dead people. Joe Biden is talking to dead people. He can't figure out a way off a stage. He can't figure out how to complete a sentence. He can't. And we should stop thinking that Joe Biden is all right. In the latest example, not the example regarding Mitterrand. The example regarding Mitterrand is it goes as follows. Francois Mitterrand, former president of France. And Francois Mitterrand died in 1996 yet joe biden tells a story about how he spoke with mitterrand soon after becoming president you know right 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 after i was elected i went to what they call a g7 meeting all the nato leaders i was in i was in the south of england and i sat down and i said america's back and mitterrand from germany i mean from france looked at me and said, uh, said, you know, what, why, how, how long are you back for? Never mind how pathetic the, 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 the joke is and how poorly delivered and all the rest. Mitterrand died in 96. And Joe Biden believes he had a conversation with him. Then we get the story. I first saw it from Jack B. Heinrich over at Fox News that Biden claims he discussed January 6th with Helmut Kohl. Helmut Kohl was the chancellor of Germany. 
Helmut Kohl died in 2017. You did not discuss January 6th with Helmut Kohl. You may very well have discussed it with Angela Merkel, the former chancellor of Germany, but you did not discuss it with Helmut Kohl. Now you say to me, hey, it's still a chancellor of Germany. He just got it confused. Stop it. Let us stop denying what is clear and what is fundamental, what is easily understood. Let us stop denying what is clearly understood. Joe Biden is not okay. Nope, take that back. That's too nice. Joe Biden is a demented old man in the White House. I'm not interested in being nice, and I'm disgusted with the people who won't say it. The Democratic Party won't admit that the guy has a problem. Only Dean Phillips, the the congressman from Minnesota who's also running for president as a Democrat, the guy's not okay. He's talking to dead people, and he has to be removed from office by the 25th Amendment. And I know what you're saying. You're saying, you mean Kamala? (laughs) Yes. She's the vice president of the United States. Yes, she's a dope. Yes, she's incompetent. I agree with all of those things. But she knows who's alive and who's dead. And the president is incapacitated. Now what? Tony, stop it. We got to get through to the election. He'll be so easy to beat. Look, um, uh, maybe we're we're different and and maybe we're not. And and maybe you're just so desperate to get out of this hellscape with Biden that you'll do anything. I won't. I get that Biden's terrible. I get that he needs to be replaced. We need someone better. And yes, for all of Trump's issues, Trump is better as a president than Joe Biden. Oh, but uh, Trump is slipping. I'm not saying Trump hasn't had a slippage or two, but that's not the subject. Now, is it? You might have to invoke the 25th Amendment on him. This is what happens when you vote for people that are 900 years old. I'm going to say again, we could have had DeSantis. This isn't about Trump. This isn't about the election. This is about now, today. We're not safe. We're not okay. We are in a dangerous spot. And if you want it to be all politics all the time and keep him in, in, in office because he's an easier beat, I'm sorry, that's insane. That's insane. Let me give you equally as insane. Equally as insane is this post I got. I was discussing this on my morning show. I thought it was important to bring it back. This post that I got on... um. On, on X. And I had stated this about Joe Biden, that the 25th Amendment needs to be invoked and he needs to be removed from office. The cabinet has to do this. Don't say but Trump or we can wait till the election or any other nonsense. Biden has to go now. I wrote, as we've been saying, POTUS isn't capable of leading the country. He's a danger to America and the world because his mind is clearly altered. I said the words. The response I got, and you can see it if you follow me on X, at Tony Katz, the response was, as I've said before, you go F yourself. You are a walking heart attack waiting to happen. She seems nice. No, no, you definitely you definitely want to date her. Um, I, I, I must admit to you that that is exactly the response you would expect. 
a response that does not engage the issue, but rather exposes the ideology. And I am not interested in their ideology. I couldn't give a good holy damn. You want to call me fat? I mean, it's happened before, sometimes with poor consequences. But okay, I get it. That's what people do. They don't have minds. They don't have the ability to think. They don't have the ability uh, to share, to, to utilize a voice in a good way. And, and, and this is what they do. What am I supposed to do? Be worried about it? Bothered by it? I don't have, I don't have time for that. But once you're done calling me names, once you're done telling me I'm a walking heart attack, once you're done with all of that, what does that do about the danger that's in the White House right now, which is an incompetent, possibly demented, and doesn't know where he is president who's talking to dead people? What did your insults matter? It doesn't change reality. That's the difference between them and us. They think that this is a response. We think the problem still exists. Making fun of me, attacking me, trying to diminish me doesn't change the fact that Joe Biden is talking to dead people. Why don't you care more about the country? The people saying, Tony, be quiet. We need Trump to run against Biden. I believe are wrong. Isn't it equally wrong to say, how dare you notice what's going on with Biden? Honestly, I think that's worse. Because at least the Trump people are saying, we know that's the reality, but we just want to win. Right? And that's an ends justify the means, and I'm not 100% there. I've never been that way. These people, they, they, they don't care. As long as they have power, they don't care. Because they don't care that Joe Biden is actually running things, as long as their team is running things. One of the, one of the best scenes in, in the show, The West Wing, which, uh, don't get me wrong, I get the lefty politics, but what Aaron Sorkin wrote was, was, was brilliant. What Tommy Shlomi was, was directing, it was excellent stuff. It was poetry at times. It was musical sometimes. Uh, is uh, the, the reporter, Danny. And it was when uh, President Bartlett is, is shot and he's under anesthesia. And so the vice president is in charge and there's supposed to be a letter. And there wasn't a letter written, you know, removing the president and the vice president having the power. And uh, the, the question that Danny asks the press secretary, C.J. Craig, is who is in charge? And C.J. Craig goes, uh, the secretary of, uh, of state, the, the, the secretary of defense, this one. And Danny's line is, no, 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 you're telling me who could have been in charge or who was supposed to be in charge. I want to know who was in charge. That line is excellent. Because isn't that exactly the way we feel about Joe Biden right now? We watch this administration move and maneuver. We watch these things. We watch him come out of, of the helicopter. He's no longer even saluting the Marines that, that are standing guard. Who's in charge? Because after watching Biden all these years and these last couple of things, are we really making an argument that it's him? Are we really and truly making an argument that Joe Biden is in charge of his faculties enough to think that he's actually in charge? That dog won't hunt. I'm saying I don't buy it and I don't believe it. And I'm saying that this person on X who decides to make fun of me like it matters doesn't believe it, but she doesn't care. She doesn't care who's in charge as long as it's her people. And I want to know like you want to know who's in charge. 
because reality states that it's not Joe Biden. And he has to be removed from office. And the 25th Amendment should be invoked. And if we had leadership that gave a damn about the country, that would have happened yesterday. I'm Tony Katz. I noted that Adriana Kugler, who is a Federal Reserve governor, so we're talking about the Fed, um, made this statement about inflation showing solid signs of slowing down, but she herself not ready to start lowering interest rates. And the headline caught my eye because it said, Fed Governor Kugler backs caution on rates. And then Kashkari uh, over there at the Minneapolis Fed expects only two or three rate cuts. And I think people looked at that and said, oh, the rate cuts are coming. I don't think that's what they're saying. I know that's what they said in December, and then you look at the minutes of the, of the Fed meeting, and the minutes don't comport with what they said publicly. I think what they want, what they desire, their fantasy is two or three rate cuts. I don't think we should rely on the fact that that's going to happen. Because if I was a betting man, I'm not betting on that. And what happens if there are three rate cuts and they're each an eighth of a point? That's different than if they're each a quarter point. And that difference is massive to an economy. So, uh, yeah, I'm not going to bet on this. I'm not going to bet on the rate cuts at all. I think Dr. Matt Will, economist, might be right. This economy is the way it's going to be for a while. I'll talk more about the economy coming up. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today. Today.